0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brian Book Club. It's good to be back. It's been a while since we have done one of these. So I'm always trying to think of like new innovative ways that I can... Take the Brian Book Club and like with the mission statement that we have with it, where we want to take different kind of mediums in the horror genre—books, comics—and I mean, maybe potentially in the future, TV shows or movies—and kind of say how how we feel it can be used to motivate people who want to play or run World of Darkness games. And you know, I've had one where Josh Heath from Werewolf the Podcast has done one on HP Lovecraft. I actually had a couple people from. Uh, writers and a couple other podcasters who expressed interest just never really followed through. So, one thing that I thought that I would do to kind of make it to where you guys just want to hear my job monotone voice talking about whatever book it, it may be is invite other people from the Twin Cities by Night gang. There's 10 of us and say, Hey, if you want to read a similar book I'm reading now, then we can talk about it in the Brian Book Club and give our feelings on how it can be used as inspiration in these World of Darkness games of ours. And I shot the idea, and the first person to step up was Becca. Welcome, Becca. How's it going?
1: it's good well how are you today chris
0: good 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 for those of you may not know becca plays in our demon the fallen game has played in one of our one shots and probably gonna play in different stuff in the future i would hope or run stuff in in the future on our channel that
1: that is the plan
0: that is that's the plan there's plans (laughs) within plans there's like list of plans (laughs) like we have them all written out and uh yeah like we're never gonna run out of ideas so what are we gonna be talking about today? The book that we are going to be talking about today is Stephen King's third book that he wrote in 1973, the classic The Shining, which a quick backstory about my history with Stephen King and why Stephen King kind of has a special place in my heart is when I was growing up as a kid. I was one of those kids who always learned the hard way. So I got grounded a lot for, for doing stupid shit all the time. And I, I really delved into reading. And, and my mother, uh, and both of my parents were actually readers. My father, though, was in the military only had an eighth grade education. But he liked to read to be self-educated. My mom was pretty educated. And she read. And she used to like to read Stephen King. And I remember I w- had just watched the Stephen King It miniseries. By the way, we did a, we did a, a Brian Book Club on the book. And I remember my mom reading the book at the same time. And that kind of got me interested in Stephen King. And then I remember sneaking off to a library like a junkie and like checking out Stephen King books and sneaking in my room and reading them. So there was a lot of books at the early age that had quite an impact on me. Uh, the Stand, It, you know, going through puberty, reading It, all that stuff. You know, like I, I, I had like lessons that I learned in those books every time that I even reread them into adulthood. But one book... That was a challenge for me as a child to understand, not to be not to enjoy, but that where I feel like I didn't fully understand the complexity of the the story was the shining. And I think because at that age, when I first read it, which was probably in my early to mid teens, I just didn't understand a lot of the concepts that we'll be talking about. But now as an adult, and I've read this book also before as an adult plenty of times, uh, including this r- uh, recent rereading, it strikes me more and more and more just how like much of a tragic uh, book it is. For those of you don't know, it's a it's kind of a cult classic with Stephen King's, where he basically tells the story about a man who brings his wife and his son to this hotel called the Overlook, which is based on a real hotel that's in Estes Park, Colorado, I believe. And he it tells the story about how this place is not it's kind of like a battery, a conduit of. Like evil in a way. I don't want to say it's like haunted, but in a kind, of, it's kind of ways isn't haunted, but also it ties into his son, who has this ability called the Shining, which means he, he can kind of pick up psychic impressions, and he's kind of more sensitive to what people think, and he can pick up what people are thinking, and it tells this dual story of like the horror of this boy realizing the young boy at the age of five, realizing that this place he is at is, is horrible, but also that this place is ruining his father, who's a recovering alcoholic and he's trying to start over in life and trying to like become this writer. So it's a really intense book full of a bunch of themes and and passions. When you read that book, Becca, what like what did what what did it bring out on you? Like what are your opinions on the book before we even dive into the inspirations you can take from it?
1: Oh, well, so going into a little bit of my history with The Shining, this is the first time that I've ever read the book. Um, I haven't read many Stephen King books except like his um, How to Be Creative Writing, which was pretty good too. Um, So really, my only exposure is to The Shining is to the things that you see in media, like Friends, or like, throw the book in the freezer, or... um, but like, Ready Player One, for some reason, it was really, really big. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene in that movie. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is such a trippy scene to have. Like, it's really intense and fucked up and scary. And that's really the only part of that movie I liked. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> I like that part of The Shining.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my impression of the book I changed drastically from the beginning to the end. Um, for me, someone who's worked with kids a lot, reading about Doc, I was like, this is not how a five-year-old thinks like I'm sorry. but then like as you start to realize, oh, there's something more to him and it's not just something that he's making up. It's like okay, so I can understand this little kid being quote unquote wise beyond their years. Um, and then how I felt about Jack like from beginning to middle to end, each time was was just a little bit different
0: each character has layers Yeah, right, right, exactly. has layers oh, especially jack i mean especially mm-hmm. i mean all the characters you know uh th- there's a lot of debate for those of you who don't know like like a lot of things that becca pointed out the shining is pretty much ingrained into pop culture now i think that's why it was in like ready player one it's part of pop culture and that's all that movie was was just a homage of pop culture references but like it uh is ingrained in our pop culture there's uh, uh Stanley Kubrick uh, adaption of the movie that came out that I like the movie for its own thing, but I don't think that the movie is a good adaption of the book. But I'm able to differentiate between the two where Stephen King, for the longest time, held the grudge about what Stanley Kubrick did with that movie. And the reason I'm bringing that up is one of the points you were bringing about layers of characters where Stephen King felt that Stanley Kubrick didn't give layers to the characters he didn't he didn't treat them with nuance we're basically meaning like right away jack was insane you could tell jack was just off right away instead of it being really like build up or like the wife was just this helpless creature and and kubrick's movie who just screamed it wasn't wasn't like a strong Um, female where like in the book she's a strong female you realize she has these layers of where like she has to get stronger because of jack's downfall mm -hmm. and so like but i do feel the movie's scary i feel like visually it's very like shakes you it's very beautiful visually and Stephen king actually ended up getting the rights to the movie back uh from the kubrick estate because he promised he would never dog out the movie in public again because he would dog it out in public all the time he then had in return a mini series made which wasn't that great uh it was closer to the book but it was just had that really tv movie vibe to it i mean when i say he made it he didn't make it himself he just sold the rights to someone to make it and right. It just wasn't that good, but it's right. It's a very layered story. It's a very layered with Jack and Wendy and with their, with their son. It's just like, it's, it's, it's sad. And, and to me, especially as a father, now that I'm older and and for anyone who's a parent or potentially can become a parent, parent, uh, being a parent is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And it's because you, you you, like my dad told me, like plenty of other parents told me, if I had kids, you can read all the books you want to about it. You can get all the advice, but you'll never you'll never know until you experience it, like the challenges of it and seeing how I find like you mentioned how you kind of like went through these phases, different phases of of like of. I guess outlook when it came to Jack, I find him a very empathetic character because I feel that I know it's like right—he's an asshole. He got drunk and he broke his son's arm, but you you realize as the story goes on that like Jack is a he—he's he, part of a cycle of violence. There's a real there's a there's a scene in that. Book where he talks about a memory of when his dad what his dad was like and how like his dad was drunk at the dinner table and his mom brought, d- brought dinner to them and his dad was about to pass out. Then his dad woke up and mumbled something, and just smashed his mom in the face with a cane and just started beating the shit out of her in front of the kids. Like you see that, that in- Yeah, right. That was
1: such a horrifying scene right there. Like, for yeah, sure. yeah.
0: And and as a you know, as an adult, like that's much more impactful. As like a kid, you know. Thankfully, as a kid, I never had to experience seeing something like that. But like as an adult, it's like It shook me to my core reading that, and then you realize there's this horrible place, the Overlook Hotel, that has this man by himself in the middle of the winter who's just trying to do right for his kid and his wife and trying to start over and take this last opportunity because he can't get another job, and this place keeps playing off his fears, which for me leads me into – my first takeaway, what I think the first way I think it can feel it can inspire World of Darkness games that ties to that theme of like the slow decay and descent into madness. So, I tried to tackle this a little bit in a game that you played in, which I didn't mention at the beginning, was Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude, where I was trying to tell a story within a story for the players and the people who were listening to see like this man that they were trying to find. Uh, what, what was his name? I forgot his name, Dustin, Dustin Edwards. They were trying to find. Where they could see from an outside their perspective that this man was descending into madness, you know, where they could see like he was having an HR complaint for inside trader, his wife exposed that he was, you know, that he's abusive and slowly descending. The videotapes that you saw of him like going into frenzy and killing a prostitute, like the ramblings in his apartment. It's like, I feel that, I feel that a lot of times the way that in World of Darkness games, Including I, and there's sometimes I mis- misplayed, misdid this in past stuff where, where sometimes when someone goes insane in a game or you push them to the brink of insanity, we tend to do it in a boom, you're insane. No buildup. I, I feel I fucked up in the twin Seas by night homecoming story arc and spoilers if you haven't listened to it. So when William met that Melkavian elder and She just demonstrated him like with a billion successes. And I'm like, okay, you're nuts for a year. I felt I could, in retrospect, if I didn't feel so rushed and if I knew what I knew now as a storyteller, I feel I could have slowly have done that.
1: So like the idea of having him like still have the power itself happen and then, Mm -hmm. but like have him slowly realize that that had changed an aspect of himself
0: for sure that okay. or even have it to where it was being done. And he wasn't even aware of it. Like, like, like if you take what I did with like, and again, this is all hindsight's 2020 of Monday, course, Morty of Quar- course. Monday morning quarterbacking myself with that story arc. But like <laughs> there in that story arc, there was a part where, where Katow was slowly like starting to get paranoid because I kept throwing like mm. these little hints where like the Mel Cavings were fucking with them. But it's like, I know, I know. And he's like, what, what? And he's like, wait for something bad to happen to him. like, I wish I could have taken my time with that because really Stephen King and I think by far like earlier, I I like Stephen King and he's written some duds, but it happens when you write a billion books, but like Mm -hmm. his early, his, his like work up until like 1989, I feel was, that's like his fucking prime right there. And this was a prime example of it. I repeated prime there too many times, but for real, it's a prime example that slow descent into madness. So how can storytellers do that? I think even as players can do that, right? Don't Mm -hmm. put it in your storyteller's lap, Right. I like if I'm sitting here, I would love the opportunity if I was playing a game, and I and I kind of I have done that with characters I I know I have played and I've seen other people in our group, especially Raymond and Changeling Lost Vanity, I tried to like get that slow descent into paranoia and to like fear into like that uncontrollable madness that like is on the brink of everyone's, you know, peripheral. I tried to do that with them, definitely. <laughs>
1: It's um, and I don't know how many how much communication you as a player had with Adam specifically, but to do things like that, you I feel as a storyteller and as a player, communication is key. Um, and you, remembering that as players at the table and storyteller, because the storyteller is a player too, like you need to have that communication, but then remember, like if you're wanting to do those slow descents into madness, like, have reasons why the characters won't communicate with each other, but be very clear on the player level. So I, I've i played in games where people just aren't communicating with each other very well and on certain respects like that can show well with the characters, but then it can make for a really frustrating experience.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think that uh, is one fortunate thing that we at Twin Cities might not have just because we've been playing so long together or the people who join later listen to our stuff and they know our styles. We kind of like know and we play, we kind of play off each other like that. I just think that madness is a really impactful tool in World of Darkness games have done correctly, like you said, especially like, man, it's almost like a, I feel like I've heard this mentioned a lot of times, there's no, there shouldn't be in world of darkness, like no winning. There's no like winning, but the only thing that you could really win at is a character, I feel like a a full, complete character arc. You know, you have a character who, 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 who you, you're able to tell the story with that character that you wanted to tell. And if that is one of madness, read this fucking book, dude, like read this book. There's so, I mean like so many things that like you could take away. Uh, Jack Torrance's mannerisms with the habits he used to have when he drank, even though he's not drinking in the hotel and the wiping his lips with the handkerchief all the time, you know, as he's sitting there slowly getting stressed, the thinking that like his wife is, is is against him or his kid is starting against him because his hotel is telling him thinking there's some dark secret and it's on his job that's another brilliant fucking thing let me let me get let me let me add to that and, I, and i'm sorry i'm like i at the time and i'll toss it over but i, I want to say this before i fucking forget the the one brilliant absolute brilliant thing i think that they did to show his descent in the madness is where he thought he was doing the quote-unquote right thing by like wanting to write about the history of this hotel that phone call he had where he went into the city and he fucking called the guy who ran the hotel while he's in florida doing his winter job and he's like i know about the history motherfucker i'm gonna write a book about this shit you tell me this and the guy's like what the fuck are you talking about you know what i mean and and then his friend had to call him like you could do that too you can make it to where your character it's slowly losing it, but they latch on to one thing that like, they think is right, and they got to make right, and they got to show it right, and that can even make you even more alien as someone who's losing your mind, and and these games, and there's a lot of opportunities in these World of Darkness games to latch on to some cause. There's causes left and right, Sabat, Camarilla, werewolf causes, tribe causes, fucking mage causes, all this shit, you know, just, you can do it, take that, and you could just twist it just a little bit to make it where it doesn't settle right, but what about you? You had some interesting concept when we talked offline, when we first talked about you read this book or when you first started reading it about takeaways that you had what was your what was one of the inspirations that you walked away with
1: so as a storyteller i've started to think more about themes especially not necessarily in stories that i'm currently running but for future like how do you incorporate that kind of stuff and so that's the lens that i tried to have when i was reading the shining sort of lost it part way through because there's a lot of the book and it's. i mean it's a really i enjoyed the experience for sure um, so you talked about descent into madness. That's a good theme. Um, I felt that within like the first three chapters where he introduces Jack, one chapter, Wendy, the next, and then Doc, I think was the last of the initial three. You could tell right away what to kind of expect from each character. And so when you're, when you're thinking about themes where Jack is probably simplistically anger. Right. And then Wendy, I just got this almost pathetic nervous wreck of a wife. Um, oh, oh, she was so hard to read to start. So starting with that for her, and then with Doc just kind of having this this hopeful not quite understanding everything. Start with those concepts early. Like, because how else are you gonna know about it? Right. And then just go from there and then start adding those layers and learning a little bit about the character. So start thinking like as a player, you can start thinking about how I tried to try to fix on one character, like with Wendy, where she, she has this really weird relationship with her mom, where she doesn't want to go be with her mom anymore because her mom, for some reason, I never, I, there's a lot of things in the book that I don't quite understand. And that might just be because of me reading the book now versus reading it when it came out. Which couldn't have happened, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so with with Wendy, where you you start to learn and start to build. I mean, I I probably have a little bit more respect for Wendy as a character now. But she's gone through this terrific, horrific experience, and she's definitely changed by the end. In fact, um Dick Holleran is like even mentions that in kind of like the last little bit. Like she was this summer girl, and now she's she's changed completely. Um so start early and then and then work work through it, adding the different layers.
0: For sure. Yeah. Slavic told me a long time ago, and I'm sure Slavic got it from somewhere that there's the character you create and then there's the character that you end up playing, you know, and I think that's a nice way of saying that. Like you, it's good to start with a basis, like you said, a foundation of what this character is and slowly add layers to that as the story progresses. I, I, for example, like I think Wendy is such a complex character because I feel that Wendy, while she was kind of weak, she had, she was, she was stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? You got to think like in this book was written in 73. It was probably written in like around 71, 72. I know I wasn't even born yet. So I didn't read it when it came out either for the record. Um, but that she was really stuck in this hard place where it was like she had this very controlling mom who wanted to raise her son her to raise her son like her mom would raise her son. You know what I mean? Had a sister, I believe who, who had some kind of disease who died of earlier. uh, I can't remember exactly what disease it was, or even if she died. And then she has a husband though, who, by the way, like she's not as weak as like we want sometimes to imagine she is, but there was a point where she was about to divorce him, which back then divorce was very like fucking frowned upon. You know what I mean? And, if she would have divorced him, she would have had to go move back with her mother who she fucking hated and know that she'd have to give up control of her kid in a way to her mother who like was always trying to like be a hover grandmother. And um, she chose to stay with this man who she thought, you know, that she loved and then went in there. But I feel like she was a, i feel she i feel she was like a stronger character but there's really no strong characters in that fucking book because they're all in this fucking pit of fucking evil man right there's so many complete pit of evil and that's one thing that i like about Stephen king is that he has this concept where they're just places that are ruined that are ruined by evil like evil acts may have happened there and they become like a battery of sort where they take these evil charges i talked about this for those of you who listened to the brian book club i did on salem's lot how like these va- the vampire and his ghoul moved to this house the madison house because because it like all this fucked up shit that happened in that house and it, it uh it radiated evil so it drew evil there evil like pulls evil in kind of thing and that's like they go to this they go to this hotel with their psychic son who's shining and 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 they're pulled to evil like that which leads to like another concept i was gonna kind of shoot more to your expertise for those of you who don't know uh becca loves werewolf the apocalypse matter of fact she's a co-host now on josh he's werewolf the podcast and she's talking about in the future maybe running a werewolf the apocalypse game on the channel which would be dope but when I'm not too familiar with the game for the record and I'm probably going to fucking get beat up online for this, but I don't, it's not that I don't like the game is there's so many world of darkness games. I'm not familiar with all of them, but one thing that I like when I hear about werewolf um, is the worm taint. Now I don't, I'm not like fully like completely educated on worm taint, And I think that there's times where I've heard about, it it sounds a little too captain planish planet like to me, but there's times other things I've heard about like cases of the worm and like cults. and, And for anyone who knows, I like, not personally, I don't like, but like story wise, I like shit like that. So when I like think of like Stephen King's concept of nodes of evil, would that be something like? Would the Overlook Hotel, for example, be something that you could use like in a werewolf game or a game that deals with the like Umbra and like evil and stuff like that 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 you're aware of?
1: So as I was reading reading through the book, that was the Overlook Hotel. Think about it as its own character because it is. It has its own agenda. It has its own purpose that it wants to it wants to accomplish, and it has its own mind. I think that's what I was trying to get at. So the the big thing that I correlate when I see the Shining, read the Shining, and Werewolf the Apocalypse is the worm. It's this chaotic undulating mess of agendas that it's trying to accomplish and it uses a lot of different corrupt features in order to try to accomplish that now uh, it's also crazy which is which is part of the reason why i think of the overlook hotel and i go okay this could really work
0: this would be kind of hard to incorporate i guess in werewolf because it doesn't like have like werewolf themes in a way, I guess it's like in a mountain town in Colorado. And I don't know, like it's outdoorsy. I know don't, I don't, <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of werewolf, a bunch of flannel, like beard people, you know what I mean? Just like doing werewolf things. I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. So if I was thinking about it in terms of, I want an hotel that has this negative energy and corrupting influence on people who are coming through and people who are staying to attend to it. I would probably start it out as you have a maybe a pack that's looking into it. Um, and they either they either go in during the su- summertime to kind of see what's going on with this place. And they, they start to find and investigate the corruption without trying to reveal who and what they are. Definitely taking and seeing, kind of turning it into an investigation game. Uh, the one thing that I think The Shining really does well is it focuses on for four characters, pretty much. Fifth if you count the Outlook, right? And so if you want to incorporate something or if you want to take away kind of that horror aspect, get your characters alone. So however you want to approach that, if you want to literally take the Outlook and put that into a game or take just different aspects of the game, try to give that separation between your players and the world around them or between each other. Then, I mean, that's kind of the horror aspect for me that can be really chilling is you can be around people, but you know maybe you can't talk to them about it for some reason.
0: For sure. For sure. You know, Stephen King and um, Dance Macabre, which is a book he, I think his 10th book he wrote, where it was like him taking a stab writing about the horror genre up until like the early 80s because that's when he wrote the book. He was talking about um like how the haunted house concept especially Shirley Jackson's the haunting on hill house which they made a Netflix show for and they made a movie called the haunting and which inspired Stephen King's Overlook Hotel uh from a, by the way he was inspired cuz he stayed there uh with his wife overnight um uh towards the end of the season and he like they're basically alone and he was like an alcoholic at the time he's walking around the hotel and he saw the fire hose and just led to these ideas or whatever but He says in Downs Macabre and fuck I've read a lot of Stephen King if I can remember this. But he basically says how in like Shirley Jackson's The Haunting Hill House and 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 like these earlier horror haunting house stories, the house is a character, like you said itself. The the place is a character. Like we cannot rationalize it in our mind because we are not supposed to rationalize a house being its own entity you know what i mean we're not supposed to rationalize evilness being like a thing it's just not a thing that we deal with in the real world but when you look at it from that perspective and when you look at that overlook hotel as being like this sinister fucking entity as trying to fuck with these people and get their negative emotions especially um young young fucking torrents the the sun with the shining and knowing that that kid has the ability to make him make the house more powerful it becomes really scary uh i i even think that you could do a crime Chronicles of Darkness story on that there's also Chronicles of Darkness book that deals with like running stories in a haunted house maybe I'll try it one day I feel that um just to kind of like wrap this up in a neat little bow I feel that the haunted house quote unquote genre of horror is one that was done really excellent up until the 90s like you know you got like the books like The Shining like I said Shirley Jackson you have a ghost story by Peter Straub I mean that's not really like a haunted house but it's kind of similar you have a lot of movies early movies i just feel like in the day and age now of like the conjuring and like the jump scares and the fucking crazy person in a white nightgown the creepy face like movies that come out every other year like it just it kind of stole from it but if you want a really good emotional roller coaster and a fucking book that has like some great setup and that's one final thing i'm gonna say before we go i i did we uh uh, uh quinn and i did an interview uh, uh, not too long ago with a gentleman named John sharp uh, I forgot his website off the top of my head but check him out he uh, you can find it on our Facebook or whatever a link to his site where he did an interview with us and I said one of the things I've learned the most as a storyteller is setting up the the hor- setting up the horrific scenes and you don't have to broadcast like a scary scene coming guys get ready but like you can set it up and sometimes players won't even realize it's fucking coming. And The Shining does that great because they do it often from the perspective of a five-year-old who's completely fucking clueless. You know what I mean? He's walking down the hallway, who goes into the room 217, I think is the room number, and fucking goes in there and sees a lady who who turns around and feels her hand on his shoulder and just passes the fuck out. And then the parents find him like, that was scary. That was intense, dude. And 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 today's day and age where movies like The Saw and all this shit are out to get that reaction in written prose that like will scare someone like that is a fucking thing. And it could be done in a game with invested players who are there to fucking tell a scary story. You can scare the shit out of some players with that shit, man. and get the tension rising. So, love this book i highly suggest reading it i like i said this is from stephen king's fucking prime you know like this is a book this is his third book man watch the fucking kubrick movie even watch the shitty miniseries <laughs> i like like i i'm a fan of the book more than the kubrick movie by far but like watch them all and get that inspiration from these from these stories and um like if you guys have uh w- another book that you would like us to read or recommend let us know you can f- let us know on our twitter and all that stuff Becca, do you got anything else to say about the book before we go and let these people remain sane a little bit longer?
1: I I know I've said it a couple of times already, but communication is key at the table. Um, you know, not everybody enjoys the scary theme, so if you're if you're not already invested in a game where that's what people want, definitely talk with people, um, or you know, like figure out how you could do like just a little bit without like freaking everybody out. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, you could you could tell a haunted house story. I think without even having like gory scenes. I think mm-hmm. you could just like make it like just like Scooby Doo, but like like have you wondering if opening the door is safe or have like yeah yeah. I think you could fucking do it. It's a challenge. I don't I don't think I could do it honestly. Maybe I'll try <laughs> one day because it takes I think it takes a lot of thinking and I don't do a lot of thinking. But no, but like seriously, I think it could be very well done. But I highly suggest though for sure checking definitely, out definitely definitely read out. it. Yeah. Read it. It's a, it's a great book. So if you guys would like to reach out to us and have any comments or questions about this, you can find us on discord and on Facebook at twin cities by night. You can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. If you like what you hear from us, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing our Patreon a little bit. We don't push our Patreon too much, but we have a Patreon where we don't hide anything behind a a paywall, but if you would like to give like an up to uh, as little as a dollar, You can give us a dollar to help out. Matter of fact, Slavic is just, I think yesterday or the day before, purchased a new Blue Yeti mic setup with a stand, boom stick, uh, or boom filter, all that stuff. And uh, and we were able to do that with the Patreon money. And we really appreciate that. And that's these are things that we are starting to do. We actually are getting our first piece of commissioned artwork done for Katow from Twin Cities by Night, the character. And our goal, um, if this goes well, is just to do all the players in our different games and maybe some NPCs and just kind of return uh, what, what you guys have given to us by listening to us and, and all the support. And we really appreciate that. So you can find us on Patreon in the comments by right, Twin Cities by Night. Other than that, you got anything to say? I can't think of anything to say. I'm just ready to drink some cold brew and listen to Black Sabbath. How about you?
1: Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. We're (laughs) out. Leave us alone. We're going to listen to cold brew, drink Black Sabbath.
0: Oh,
2: hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs, Gameplay, and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games, Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions, so that your media could give the attention you deserve? The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.